Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli. Uh, before we get to today's episode, just some news and updates about what's coming up. Uh, as most of you know, I'm a school teacher, so uh, school holidays have now ended, so uh, episodes might not come out quite as frequently, but I'm hoping to get one out every fortnight, or at least um, at least that. So maybe if I've got enough time, I'll try and get, get two out in a fortnight. Uh, so, the episode you're about to listen to features Jim McDonald, who is the state member for Lockyer in Queensland Parliament. Now, if you don't know where Lockyer is, uh, it's sort of west of, of Ipswich, so it's got towns like Laidley, uh, Helladon, Garton, all the way up to kind of Fernvale and Lowood. Uh, so, it's actually quite a large area. Um, it's got a lot of rural townships. And see, this is a really good episode for me because I haven't really, you know, I've, I've done a lot of episodes kind of in the city or on the coastal hinterlands, but I, this is probably the first episode that really features a, um, a rural electorate, you know, and I'm not saying it's not like a remote electorate, but it's, it's got lots of little communities in quite a large area. So it was really good to talk to Jim about some of the, the, uh, the issues unique to them and also his career as a politician because he wasn't he hasn't just been the state member he's also been a councillor and um and a mayor so he's he's been around for a while now so um i really hope you enjoy the episode if you do enjoy the episode uh, don't forget you can click any of the links below where you can like and subscribe and share and review review and rate particularly if you review and or rate on itunes that would be perfect um yeah so Enjoy. Hello, welcome to People Who Are Politicians. I'm your host, Matt Antonelli, and I'm joined by Jim McDonald, who is the member for Lockyer in Queensland Parliament. How are you? Really great, Matthew. Thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, Let's start with Lockyer itself. Um, Could you give us a little bit of an overview of what it's like and um, I guess where its boundaries are as well? Well... Matthew Lockyer is the centre of people's universe. They might not have known that until now, but we are just an hour west of Brisbane, the 2,344 square kilometres. The major um, economic activity out here is agriculture, both horticulture and also grazing. Um, It's a wonderful part of the world. Interestingly, though, we've got a lot of um, regional landscape here, which provides much of the clean water and fresh air for the people of Brisbane and the coast to enjoy. Um, and this is your first term in Parliament. Um, it's probably not, it's not your first um, term in politics, though, I suppose. Uh, well, how about you, could you give us a little bit of an idea of what you were doing before the election last year? Sure, Matthew. So it was an honour to be elected on the 25th of November, 17. Um, so we've just passed the 12-month stage, which is as I said, it's an honour and I hope that I never lose the feeling of the honour of being able to represent our great community. So before I was elected to State Parliament, I had the dual uh, community service roles of a police officer. I was a police officer for just over 30 years. Um, I was proud to be the officer in charge at the Laden Police Station um, as a senior sergeant there. And I took the station from having eight staff up to 25 staff in the end with a $1.6 million upgrade um, during 1415. Uh, I had the dual role as a councillor. I was first elected to the Gatton Shire Council pre-amalgamation in 97. 
um, and was honoured to be Deputy Mayor and Mayor and then in the amalgamated Lockyer Valley Regional Council I was successfully elected as a councillor in 08. Um, now the Public Service Act allows public servants um, to be able to participate in councils of a certain size and uh, um, so I was honoured to be able to have those dual roles um, from 2008 to 2016. And what so made you, um, I, I guess originally when you went were a councillor in um, Gaddenshire, what originally made you go, well, I've been in the police force, I'm going to step into politics? Well, in my role in the police in Gatton at that stage, I was actually doing a lot of community liaison. I was uh, adopt-a-cop at five schools. I had established a number of neighbourhood watches and uh, I was running the blue light discos. And I actually made a request to the council to see if we could get a fee waiver on the hall hire because at that stage we were um, struggling to keep the discos going and there wasn't too many things for kids to do at that stage. Anyway, the council at the time decided not to give us a fee waiver and, and I thought, well, that's not real fair. And I thought somebody uh, might be able to make uh, a decision better than that. And I looked into local government and the possibility uh, of being a part of it. And then in the 97 election, I um, contested the, the uh, Division 1 area in the old Gattenshire Council and was, um, yeah, elected and topped the poll. I was really proud of that. Um, Interestingly, though, I never gave a fee waiver to the Blue Light Disco even oh. after I got in. <laughs> oh. But, but of course, and, and that's the thing, when you, you're making a decision on behalf of the whole of community, you've got to balance a lot of other um, things. And if they were to give a fee waiver to us, they'd probably have to give a fee waiver to a lot of others. It's about small costs, um, small um, income, I guess, at that stage. And what's the uh, difference like, now that you've moved into state... Um What's the difference in the job like in terms of, so before you're a local councillor, now you're a state member, um, what's the change been like? It has been a very much a, a learning curve across a very broad range of portfolios. I'm, I'm fortunate with my background in policing and council that I have got a broad range of knowledge across those areas. Mm -hmm. And interestingly, the people that come through um, our office here or, or call us for assistance, it's probably about two-thirds to three-quarters of the people who come through are actually wanting to deal with police or council issues, and I, I can answer that with, with the assistance of um, our great staff, Angie and Julian, here um, in the Lockyer electorate office. But the involvement now in the state arena is across a very broad range. Uh, I'm, I'm honoured to be on the Legal Affairs and Community Safety Committee, um, we have a number of different bills um, that have come to us you know, for a public inquiry and it's been um, a really great learning um, experience. Um, but interestingly, the skills of communication, understanding um, legislation, and from my background as an officer in charge, operationalising legislation for my staff are immediately transferable to the political arena. Um, so it has given me an advantage to be able to comprehend legislation quickly and then you know, consider the operationalisation of that and um, assist in, in that space. So that's given me, a, I guess, an advantage to be able to understand um, the situation. But the balance is making sure that you stay in touch with your local community. And, you know, I have um, times blocked out each week in my diary where I get out to the different 
communities across Lockyer. As I said, it's 2,344 square kilometres and some major towns there. But, and the challenge is to get out and make sure yeah. that you're meeting with and mixing with people so that you stay in touch with what's going on on the ground. Yeah, because I suppose you, you've also got lots of um, little townships throughout the whole region. So um, is there a lot of uh, commuting around, getting around to everywhere and making sure you're... you're um, hearing everyone's views, I suppose. Well, well absolutely. Um, I was really fortunate that in 2017, the redistribution uh, that occurred uh, for the state electorates really did assist Lockyer in terms of its geographic spread and its community of interest. Lockyer used to have a large arm that went off to the east and down to Jimboomba and Greenbank. And quite honestly, those communities are probably three or four communities apart from Lockyer. And that was a legacy issue of some parts being cut off. With the rationalisation of the redistribution, um, we've got the Lowood and Fernvale main parts of their community that had been uh, attached to Lockyer. And the main part of Lockyer is the Lockyer Valley Regional Council area and then that part of Somerset Regional Council that includes Lowood and Fernvale. So it is much more of a community of interest mm. and it's a lot easier to commute around, yep. I'm, I'm told, <laughs> compared to um, the former um, um, geographic spread that was there. Um, um, sorry, I was just going to say, well, it's probably better for um, Jim Boomba that they're in that scenic room electorate anyway because it's... That, that elected office would be much closer to those communities anyway. Absolutely, and it, it is much more of a community interest, as I said before, you know, directly down the highway. So, um, you know, um, Lockyer is a great location. We are, you know, just um, that hour west of Brisbane, but they are, as you identified, a, a cluster of small towns. So it's great to get across. Uh, I'm, I policed in Gatton for 14 years before I went across to Laidley, and Gatton and Labor communities are very similar. But it's not until the last 12 months when the redistribution was known and, and, and where that fell um, that I actually started to really get to know a lot of people in the Lowood and Fernvale communities. Now, the Lowood community is very similar to Gatton and Labor. Fernvale's a little bit different because it is a, an emerging community. Um, it's fast growing. It's right on the um, Brisbane Valley Highway. And a lot of people there are living a dormitory life and commuting from there down into you know, the greater Brisbane area. Um, but it's a pleasure to get to know people. Um, those who know me know that I'm a people person and, and I enjoy talking to people. In fact, some people say I could talk for Australia. But um, I, I do uh, and have done you know, the community roles of policing and counselling for a long time and, and I don't get sick of talking to people. I, I have a philosophy that um, you can learn something from everyone yeah. and you might not know what it is you're going to learn from them until after you've had a, a decent conversation but... Um, that's part of life and, and the enjoyment of life of getting to know people, you know. And it's a bonus for me in my role to be able to help people who are sometimes in, in really uh, desperate need. Well, one of my questions is normally what's your philosophical approach to um, legislation and how you serve your electorate? So it sounds like it's, it's very much um, based on the face-to-face -face interactions that you have with the people of your electorate. Is that how you would, say, judge legislation that comes past, based on your discussions with them? Oh, without a doubt. Look, um, there is three parts to that, I think. Um, in this state role, as I said, you've got such a broad range of um, areas to consider and you get a really good understanding also of 
a strategic and state perspective. Um, if, if you're just making decisions just purely on, you know, a discussion in the, the main street of Laidley or, or Gatton, um, you would be not doing those people or the, the broader community a service because there's a lot of mums and dads sitting at home that you don't get to talk to. Yeah. Um, so, you know, getting out and about, listening, understanding um, and uh, meeting with people about issues and I, and I regularly talk to people about issues so that you gain their understanding but then putting the filter of, you know, the broader um, state interests is, is an obligation that we have. Um, and then, of course, we have the other dynamic of, you know, political party um, policies and, and influence. And um, they're, they're the realities of our political process. Um, one of the things that I'm really passionate about in that political process is making use of, you know, party room or other, you know, party forum. Like the LNP is a grassroots party and, you know, twice a year we have our state councils. There's other regional forums in a mix among that, another branch and um, state electoral councils that I attend. And through each of those um, democratic processes, we talk about legislation or talk about improvements that we can have um, and, and bring those things forward. And in those processes, you have a real opportunity to contribute to debate and to be able to argue your point and take it forward. Um, you might not win every time, mm -hmm. but that's the beauty of democracy. And, you, you know, then you have to go forward and take forward the party and, and the, the region or the, or the SEC's um, decision and, you know, um, advocate for that position um, and do your best to be able to get those outcomes um, for the community. You know, it's interesting when you are discussing that in the party room it's a really vibrant um, and broad um, range of views that are expressed. But as any successful organisation, whether it be a company, a board structure or, what, or a, a political party, there are times when you need confidence and you have those behind the door closed meetings and then you resolve or come and fall on a policy position and then take those matters forward um, you know, with a united front. And good leadership allows... Um, a diversity of debate to show that there were um, a diversity of debate in those discussions, you know, and um, that should show and give confidence to the community that a broad range of views were taken forward and, and considered um, to determine that final policy. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Andrew Powell earlier this week, the member for Glasshouse, and he said something really similar, which was that, you know, you yourself might have something that you want to go through the pie room, but perhaps you don't get your way, but that's just the way it is with your team. But then, you know, once you are in, if you, you know, uh, get to be in government, um, you are able to... 31st of October 2020, Deb Frecklin's <laughs> Premier. Um, you're allowed to advocate more powerfully for the things that you would like then. Is that, does that... Um, make sense to you like you obviously need to have a platform for your election and then after the election you can then you know sh be a stronger advocate for these for your own particular uh, electorate yeah without a doubt and I guess the reality of being able to achieve things through opposition is challenging you know we you have to fight for things we've been really successful through our leadership team of being able to you know put up some great ideas and the government has seized on those ideas and 
um, has implemented them, and that, and that's you know because it's great leadership, and I, I know that people at Queensland will um, will continue to um, support Deb Frecklington and her team in in the efforts to gain um, government in, in 2020. Um, one of the things that's been really clear, and you asked me about the philosophy of, of how I make decisions, Matthew. You can't make decisions or contribute when you're just a voice on the sideline. Yeah. I think it's really important for anybody who wants to contribute to the community, whether it be at a local government, state government or federal government level, or just in a community level of getting involved in one of the service clubs, get involved, you know, go along to one of the clubs, go along to one of the meetings and, and have an input because if, you, if you're just talking around the kitchen table, mm. all you're doing is getting frustrated and not being able to actually influence or change anything. But if you talk to decision makers or you take things forward into a, a forum, you've got a chance of those things being able to be raised and, and perhaps gain momentum and support and, and uh, make a difference. Yeah, I suppose there's a lot of disengagement with politics at the moment, just, well, probably for a while, um, given just, um, you know, some of the negative news that comes out of it. Uh, but would you say that... Like as you were saying, if you just go along to a, like you know, a party meeting or like a council meeting or anything, that that it's actually a lot more of a positive environment than what the media makes it out to be. Oh, look, without a doubt, and I think this is a great opportunity for you to be able to, you know, to promote uh, politics from a different side. Um, and you know, the reality is, the the community out there have got a lot of reason to distrust politicians. Um, but as I say to many community members when I'm uh, at forums um, <clears throat> and start to explain to them opportunities and processes, they actually get inspired by the reality that they can make a difference by talking to their local members and be able to make sure that those local members are advocating and representing them. Um, you know, there's a lot of anger in the community about some things. and. Um, one of the things that is really interesting is everybody's got a smartphone, or nearly everybody's got a smartphone or other device now that they get information on. Mm. And people around their kitchen tables at home are getting angry about things that are happening on the other side of the world mm. or down in Canberra or in Western Australia. They're getting angry about things that they have no control over whatsoever. But if you start to go to a local community group, or you start to engage in your local community or talk to local people, you can actually fix things locally and make your world better. Mm. You know, um, it's, a, it's an interesting thing how, and I have the conversation all the time. If we went for a walk out the street here now, I'll guarantee you within three minutes, we would talk to somebody who would express their anger about something that they or I have no control of whatsoever, but they've got the information <laughs> on their device yep. and they're angry about it, you know? Because they should fix it, they being the government or, or, or what have you. But they actually don't understand international politics, international um, arrangements, and you know that the best models for any community or nation is that they're the best place to fix their problems. Interestingly, um, the more I do this, I, the more I find that um, like people in your area uh, would probably hold onto the view of politicians are all like this, but my local MPs. He's better than that, you know. I, I found that in the last three or four interviews, where if I've just talked to local people, they're like, oh, "I've seen the news. This is happening." But um, 
Jim, he's not like that. He's much better than. <laughs> it's it's so true, Matthew. It's a great um, it's a great observation, and you know the Banking Royal Commission in Australia has you know uncovered some really bad behaviour. On a local level, people trust their bank manager or the bank teller because they know them and they don't think twice about trusting them. But those banks, those things, you know, when you go to that macro level, it's really easy to, um, you know, cast dispersion or, or to, you know, to recognise some of the bad things that are there. And I guess, you know, um, it's an interesting time in which we live with the amount of information that is out there and, and the demands um, on the media cycle 24-7. Um, it's a challenging time, but I, I think when you come down to the fundamentals of representation. It's about knowing your community as best as you can and reflecting those values and you know standards and expectations of that community at whatever discussion um, forum or, or meeting that you might be involved in. Um, I also just want to get your point of view on um, uh, most of the electorates I've, I've spoken to until this week have all sort of been Brisbane based uh, say electorates like uh, Man on the or Mogul or um, those kinds of areas. Uh, do you find it difficult for, say, the city to understand the rural issues? Like, are there any issues that are unique to this area that you're you struggle to get heard in the city, or is it is it within your party? It's pretty much everyone's understanding of each other. Or? You know, within our party, um, there is a great understanding because we've got a lot of regional members. Mm-hmm. But I know from talking to individuals, in uh, individual representatives in Brisbane, when you hear them make a comment about what happens in regional Queensland or you know, regional Australia, the comments that they make are just so naive. You know, they think people waste water. They think farmers are not efficient. You know, I can take you to 200 farms in this Lockyer Valley where there are young people, young generation farmers who are tech savvy, who understand the world in which we live in now, who are measuring every drop of water because the electricity costs are so much. You know, they are, and there's, they are really scientific about the way in which they farm. You know, farmers have tensiometers that go down 1.1 metres into the ground and measure the water um, content every 10 centimetres so that they know the roots of that plant are getting water. It might be dry on top, but the plant has got enough water down below. And, and f- those sort of efficiency practices are commonplace across the lockyer. And you get people in Queen Street who are saying our farmers waste water. That's just rubbish. They don't have any concept or understanding. And then they talk about vegetation management. And smart political people say, oh, we want to save the koalas. We all want to save koalas, but sensible vegetation management doesn't hurt the koalas, let me tell you. And we've got some wonderful um, you know, koala habitat just out, out here in the state forest of, of Lockyer where some Griffith University students and local people partnership in, uh, partnered in you know, doing a great survey of that area, which has become um, a best practice you know, survey tool, and now that's being replicated anywhere. But, and look, the best... Um, environmentalists are farmers that that might seem peculiar to people but the best environmentalists are farmers because they want the farm to be there for their grandchildren 
you know, they're thinking 100 years ahead, not like others who want a quick fix, you know. So it's an interesting um, question, it's, and it's, it's a wonderful honour to be able to represent, you know, such a broad range of people and, and people who are passionate about their lifestyle, our lifestyle, and the, and the fact that we grow some of the best produce in the world, you know, for Queensland and Australia. So uh, maybe uh, some of those Sydney MPs should get out of the city for just a little bit and see what it's like out here. You know, <laughs> it's it's, and I'm not I'm not saying they're all like that, but yeah, yeah. Um, there are a number who are naive, and they say, "Oh, my cousin was a farmer," or you know, they've got some relative. We all have farmers who are family, but you don't really get down to understand what they actually do day to day and week to week, you know, and. Um, it's a much more complicated practice than putting a seed in the ground and watering it. You know, we've got um, many uh, experts who are employed on all of those farms to make sure um, the biosecurity issues are taken care of, to make sure that the plants are healthy and, and growing, to make sure that they're minimising the use of water and minimising the use of, of fertilisers. You know, the growth in organic activity out here is enormous. The, the use of composting to put back into the soil on many farms is, is a really growth industry. Um, you know, just 1% extra of compost into the soil allows 17 times the amount of water holding capacity. Like there's things like that that are happening out here, real scientific things, um, that is, is great to see and be involved in. And, and of course, Right here in the Lockyer Valley, we do have the University of Queensland um, Gatton campus, formerly the Queensland Agricultural College, um, and some great students who have come out of that come back here and, and work, you know, yeah. um, which is a, a really great thing for the ownership and, and passion to remain in our community. Seeing it's been your first year as an MP, what have been uh, what's what has been some more challenging aspects of the, the role, or something that you might have? You know, you might have had one view of how it was going to be and maybe got a little bit shocked when you actually started. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the role of a parliamentarian, you know, we all have a different opinion of what that actually is. Um, and I had my ideas, and they're not too far from where I sit now. But just breaking it down, you know, you've got obvious... Um, you know, the community service role of being the representative, you know, and being available, you know, both um, whether it be in the office for meetings or, you know, in the community for meetings or on the phone or, or what have you. And I've, as I mentioned before, I've got some great um, staff in Angie and Julian who look after much of the office and administration and do a great job for us. So you've got that representative role. But then you've got the parliamentary role. And, and of course, I didn't have any idea really of the the finer points of the committee process. I knew there was committee processes, but to actually understand and see how that works from when a bill comes from the executive to, um, or, or the parliament, to um, the committee and, and the inquiry process and, and how much input you do have um, in that process has been really a, a great understanding. Um, and then, of course, the report gets done and, and goes back to the parliament for further consideration and the further readings of, this, of the bills. Um, but then also um, being able to contribute to debate, you know, um, in the House is, is a great thing and, and understanding how important it is for me to represent my community in that debate, you know, whatever it might be. 
Um, and then the third part of it, of course, is your party, um, your role in your party representation. And as an MP, the expectation from you know our branch and grassroots members is reasonably high and I, I'm really pleased about that because they're interested they care about what we're doing you know um, and so we make, make sure that we have our regular meetings and, and uh, get newsletters and information out to our um, party membership and, and the broader community and then of course we have to take that those um, matters forward to regional and then state um, councils and then obviously into the party room so You've got those three sort of roles in the, in the parliament that I had never really considered um, separately before. You know, you, you probably talk about them but not really thought about how they all fit together. Um, so that's been a learning. One of the biggest learnings uh, for me has, um, and, I, and I guess it's, it's a reflection on my policing and council world, that I know you get better outcomes when you've got good relationships. Uh, and so I've you know, really taken the time over the last 12 months to get to know more people in the community and, you know, more decision makers in the community and, uh, and even at an executive level, you know, to, to be able to um, uh, contact, you know, whether it be health, education, you know, transport main roads, you know, and offices um, from there through the, you know, through our parliamentary office to be able to speak to them or, or send emails to them of maintenance issues or, you know, things that are important to the community. Um, that's been an important set of networks to establish um, and that took some time to do, but we've um, achieved that. Um, we've also, it's really important um, to have good relationships in Brisbane, you know, through the decision makers and the executive and, you know, and, and even um, the government uh, to make sure that you've got good relationships with them so that if you've got an issue, they know that you're fair income about yeah. it, you're not just whinging, you know, that it's a real thing. And um, and that's been a process. And I say to people in our community, for me to be the best representative here, I've got to have good relationships, you know, in Brisbane as yeah. well. So Even across the... I, I mean, I, I know it must be difficult in opposition, but... Um you can't have a terrible uh, relationship with the government because you got to make sure you can. They'll still kind of listen to you, I guess. Well, uh, <laughs> you hope that's true, Matthew. You hope that's true, um, and I hope they're listening to us with a couple of really important issues that we've got here with regards to um, nominal water allocations that have been a, a real debacle in how that's come about. And I'm hoping that the um, minister will listen to us because up to half um, the um, a true capacity of the aquifers in the um, central lock have been taken into account. So there's some nominal entitlements that are half what they should be, and some that are even worse than that because there's uh, 59 of 375 bores are not working, not recording anything. So we need to, we're working on that to get that fixed. Um, I've come to learn very quickly in the <laughs> last 12 months that numbers really matter, mm-hmm. and you can debate and be the best debater and make some great points. Unfortunately, um, I think the government is still going to win the vote, even though you make the best debate um, that, and make the best presentation that you can. So I'm excited about 2020 and, <laughs> and seeing the LNP in so, um, power. I think uh, I had Deb Freckington on yesterday. I think she's excited about 2020 as well. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll just uh, we'll come back to Lockyer itself, I guess. Um, 
what are some things to do in life? What brings people to Lockyer? What are some things to see and do, events and uh, maybe groups that are in the area? Look, there is literally an event on in Lockyer every week. There is something to do here. And you pick up our Gatton Star, you know, which is, um, and the, the Somerset Times. You pick up those papers and um, there is always something to do. Seriously, we're an hour west of Brisbane. It is a great drive location. You know, in a day you can be back and, you know, out and back. Um, if somebody was coming out here for a day trip, I could tell them every day of the week it would be great to call into one of or some of our roadside stalls and pick up some great local produce. We've got some wonderful cafes in Laidley, Lowood, Forest Hill, Gatton. Next um, door. Yes, <laughs> you know, there's great, some great cafes. Over in Forest Hill, there's two cafes side by side, Sorella's and 4342, wonderful cafes, and a, a whole range of gift lines from ladies' handbags to jewellery and, and artwork, you know. Um, and I know my mum from Toowoomba and sisters from Toowoomba love to come down and have a look through those shops, uh, escorted by my lovely wife, Deb, of course. Um, so, you know, there is um, a great deal of uh, things and, and cafes and um, places to visit. But just coming out to um, our hinterland, and, and there's some really wonderful natural spaces, whether it be the, the, forest, uh, the forestry out to the north of, of Gatton here, you know, great for bushwalks and, and what have you. Glenrock National Park down to the south, um, you know, there's some wonderful natural spaces um, out here and as I say it's um, only an hour from Brisbane and there's some lovely things to do and, and if you're like me and you like a cold beer on a hot day or maybe even a not so hot day there's some great local country pubs you know in each of the valleys um, and each of our towns to enjoy as well um, we'll just might finish on this question so I'm not taking your whole morning yeah, um, you probably don't want to be in the office all day um, after your time in politics is over hopefully not too soon um be it you know one term or five or six terms or whatever um how would you like to be remembered or what legacy would you like to leave behind whether it's in Lockyer or the state as a whole yeah that's a really great question um Matthew I know that I'm a values-based decision maker and with my staff here and and with our broader party um, membership I've taken some time to really think about what things we want to work on over the next, you know, 10 years, 5, 10 years. Um, and th- there is a number of really important things which are, you know, particularly the water security is a huge issue that affects the whole of our Lockyer and, and Brisbane Valley communities. To be able to achieve that would be a wonderful thing, to be able to see the agricultural irrigation schemes that are currently underperforming um, as low as 10%. Um, up to the best is actually 29%. So um, to see those performing to the, uh, their capacity, that would be a wonderful achievement. To see the Warrigal Highway upgraded um, to an engineered standard where if people make a mistake, they don't die. At the moment, children and parents are crossing that highway every day and every time they do, human beings are fallible. We do make mistakes. If, if they do make a mistake with a 100 kilometre an hour car or, or truck coming at 90 degrees to them, it can be theirs or somebody else's life. So I'd love to see the intersections along the Warrigal Highway 
upgraded um, and um, to see the all um, to see it safe for our community. But I, I guess you know this might sound really simple, but it, uh, I, I hope I leave Parliament in my own time and, and own choosing. Not everybody is able to do that, but I know that um, when I do, I hope that people can look back and say that um, Jim McDonald worked hard and he did the right thing. Well, um, I'm going to put some information in the episode description about where people can find you and um, some information about Lockyer and things to do in Lockyer, but thanks so much for taking the time to talk with me. No, pleasure, Matthew. Really, really great session, and I, I thank you encourage others to be a part of it.